Hello and welcome to another episode of the Funds Download podcast. My name is Phil Graham, Head of Investment Funds and Regulatory at Harneys. And I'm very honoured today to be joined by my colleague, Pia Bucci, who has been uh, at Harneys for a, a considerable length of time. And I, I will offend every other member of Harneys now by saying I think he's probably the hardest working person in our entire organisation. Um, always astounds me with her levels of dedication and commitment. So thank you for finding the small amount of time we have today to uh, to join me. Oh, Phil, that, that's such a nice introduction. And I like the considerable amount of time, meaning we're not going to discuss age at any point here. <laughs> so, but, but, but I do thank you very much for the introduction and especially given the previous uh, individuals that have participated. So it's a real pleasure to be speaking to you today. My pleasure. So, Pia, generally with your expertise around the LATAM region, I'd be really sort of interesting first in, in sort of hearing what you've been seeing in LATAM recently, particularly during obviously these slightly surreal times involving COVID. Where do I start? As you know, LATAM is not for the faint of hearts, right? So <laughs> I would say, Phil, leaving aside you know, how COVID has impacted the world, our lives, health, jobs, and all that we've unfortunately been experiencing lately, I must really tell you that I really thought things were going to go the other way. We've actually been very pleasantly surprised by the amount of work that continues to come in from LATAM. It seems that because facing uncertainties is already so much part of who we are and our daily lives. So some managers have quickly reacted and immediately started looking at different options, expanding from their traditional strategies, looking to do things a little bit more on the edge, a little bit more opportunistic, taking advantage of an opportunity that has presented itself. So we've seen a good number of these in the past months. Yeah. So where we come in, actually where you feel come in and where you and the team of lawyers, the BVI came in at Luxembourg, come in is by helping these managers. No, I fully agree. I mean, COVID has got so many angles to the conversation, but one of those unifying points when I speak to is sort of anywhere in the world and in any region is there are opportunities, you know, and whilst there's, there's obviously an enormous amount of negative side to all of this, and there are some managers who, who have opportunities to jump into things, as you say, that might already be their traditional strategy but actually explore potentially opening something new. And yeah, it's great to hear you're seeing the same. I mean, we look at COVID and the changes that that's brought. When you throw on top all of the regulatory changes that we've seen, certainly in Cayman and in BVI, you know, how have your client base kind of adapted to those as well? I think, as I said, Latin clients are very resilient. So mm. it's understanding that for those of us who have, you know, been in the financial sector, you actually have the opportunity to be able to work from anywhere. So it's just picking up, understanding that we all have responsibilities. We all have people who are responsible for. So it's just the resilience of LATAM has just taken over for all of us. And we understand, okay, this is the situation we have. This is what we face. And we need to pick up and go from there. That's really good to hear. And, and certainly with sort of the imposition of the new sort of private fund regimes that, that have come in from the EU and the regimes, obviously, as you know, in the BPI is already in effect and obviously in Cayman, it's, it's coming into effect in August. And, and those have been, you know, I would say ridiculously tight timelines anyway, mm. if it hadn't been for the fact that we then had COVID kind of thrown on, on top of it as well, which is which is slowing down so much. I mean, how have you found people adapting in that um, to the new private fund conversations? Well, to start, what a year now. I mean, everything. And then on top of that, you have these very tight timelines in which you just have to adapt. So I yeah. think that I didn't see as much pushback. And as you know, I, I think we've discussed this some time ago where I said that where we have these fee houses, those already have what the law 
is requiring in terms mm. of getting them registered and getting the applications through. So those managers were already in good shape. The important message that we had to get to them was these are indeed final deadlines. You know, yeah. for BVI, as you know, was July 1st and then yeah. for Cayman, August 7th. So for us, the hardest part of our job was making sure that they did understand that these were fatal deadlines. And for us to get everyone up to speed in terms of giving us the information, making sure for the ones that didn't have their auditors hired, making sure constant letters were given to us by administrators, auditors, and everyone that we need evaluation policies in places, all of those good stuff that you do on the day-to-day. And just getting them to understand that this wasn't something that BVI came in and all these other jurisdictions just woke up from one day to the other and said, you know, what else can we do to make life a little bit more hard for our clients? <laughs> to the contrary, it was yeah. something that it was imposed by the EU and making sure that the jurisdictions that we do work are up to international standards, very well positioned and competing with the best. Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. And, it, and it's been a very interesting one because it hasn't come from the countries itself. It's come from this external source that you haven't had that normal sort of jurisdictional arbitrage. You know, you haven't had that, well, this country's doing this and this country's doing that. Everyone's had to do it, you know, and, and it's not just the countries that we obviously work in. It, it's some others as well. And I think that's been interesting, but so frustrating for clients who, you know, year on year, it feels like there is some form of regulatory overlay imposed on what they traditionally do and finding clients that can quickly get up to speed and adapt to them and, and put the changes in place you know it's part of your skill frankly and being able to adapt to those things and I have to say Pierre you know I'm always so impressed that we very colloquially describe it almost like one region you know and, and it's one set of laws <laughs> and one set and then and then you begin to explain to me just how many different countries and everything else that you're trying to cater with and I'm always so impressed by that because there are nuances to, to the different areas. We're literally talking about 28 plus countries. So it's just, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) let's put it all in one pot. (laughs) It's incredibly impressive. So when you're looking at the current activity, would you say there's more on the sort of inbound or outbound investments in, in LATAM at the moment? In the past years, we've seen capital flow both ways. But it's been my experience that the outbound investments have been much stronger lately. And given that both BVI and Cayman are such robust and reliable jurisdiction, they actually harbor a relevant percentage of offshore fund for Latin managers. So I would definitely say that we're seeing more activity on on the outbound. In terms of the inbound flow, what we see is very much related to private equity opportunities. And again, I'm talking about, as you correctly said, we're talking about 28 plus countries. I think both BVI and Cayman, due to its tax neutrality, simplify that flow of capital into LATAM. As you know, most of these countries have historically needed to attract foreign investments into their public and private sectors, mm. particularly where it relates to infrastructure. That's that's a big one for any Latin country, education yep. and health. We're actually working with some private equity funds for managers in Chile related to infrastructure. So that, that's one that keeps popping up every mm. every so often. We're also seeing some activity in this space in Peru and Colombia. Some corporate groups that are currently restructuring with the objective of receiving foreign investments once the crisis eases and opportunities in the local economies present themselves. It's not to say there isn't activity on the inbound, but these countries are always struggling with needing to show that they have secure economies, that they they are passing the right reforms to attract foreign capitals. On the outbound, I think this is where things get really, really interesting, especially in some Latin countries where you have a well-developed local investment funds market and such as Brazil, for example. 
So in Brazil, and that, that's one close to my heart, as you know, the accent, the accent is here for, for that reason. So in Brazil, there is rather large amount of investment managers seek to achieve diversification by setting up offshore funds for which their local vehicles invest. Yeah. So this is where the majority of work comes from and essentially takes form in one of three different ways. So the first one, the manager will set up his own offshore vehicle through which his local vehicle invests in. So he will have what we, we call a local feeder. The second one will be the manager will set up his own SBC platform. So his own SBC platform that could be a BVR Cayman SBC platform through which his multiple local vehicles invest. This way, as you know, you keep the strategy separated and you avoid any risk of contamination. And the third one, which is actually one that we've been seeing more and more, if that manager is still testing international waters and doesn't want to bear the cost of having their own structure, they will use the SPC form of a third party. So that third party could be a financial institution or an administrator or independent administrators to start with. So mm-hmm. we used to see very little of these financial institutions and administrators offering these platforms. You had essentially very, very few options, and this has certainly changed. There are many, many out there nowadays, and the good thing about that is that clients are now able to shop around and find the ones that better fit them in terms of cost, in terms of providers, and all of that. No, I agree. And it ties in well with sort of our previous podcast, which was with obviously Vanessa in in Luxembourg, where platforms are sort of, you know, increasingly popular there as well. I mean, just touching on Luxembourg, which is obviously one of the newest and most exciting sort of offerings in our investment funds portfolio. How much do you see Luxembourg as a jurisdiction sort of interacting with, with the LATAM region? To talk after Vanessa is such a responsibility. She, she's the, <laughs> she's the real expert, and it's so interesting how much she she knows of Latam. So those are always very very fulfilling conversations. So I would say that Luxembourg for Latam is always a very specific product because usually when when Latam managers are looking into BVI and Cayman. They're looking to go into a market that is very robust, as I said, that has very specific legislation, but it's not as regulated as what we have here locally, right? So they're looking for a breath of fresh air. They're looking for something sexier, for something that gives them more flexibility. They're looking for all of those good things. speed Uh, speed to market and everything else. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And Luxembourg is the contrary of that. It's very traditional. It's all of that. So it has to have a very specific need. So in terms of the managers themselves, either their distribution base is purely European, that's where we see them wanting to set it up. Because as you know, there is all of those passporting issues and everything that, that you could encounter with having a non European structure being offered in Europe. And on the private wealth side for the families, it has to be that either the patriarchs are already having their first position in in Europe or their second generation are looking to establish themselves there. Been my experience that there needs to be an European angle for either a manager or a private wealth individual to, to consider having a structure in Luxembourg. 
Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense and actually fits in very neatly with Vanessa's views from the last podcast. But it certainly is interesting to see that, that it is a topic of conversation in LATAM. And as you say, Vanessa, and, and you speak very regularly about opportunities there. So that's really good to hear. I know you have your fingers in many pies and one, one of your other sort of key areas of expertise is in the sort of private wealth related work. What have you sort of been seeing on that side recently? So on the private wealth side, what we've been seeing right now is that family offices always have their mandate to make sure that clients have an international exposure. That meant you know, they had their local allocation in Latam, but they also had their allocation abroad. They want to diversify from currency risk, country risk, all of those things that we who live in, in countries where you have all sorts of instability already know and are very familiar with. However, while allocating abroad, these family offices always opted for investments with very high liquidity because that's what we are used to. That's where we feel comfortable in. Mm-hmm. But it's not until recently that we started to see more appetite for private equity opportunities from families. And to that point, family offices started requesting us to actually set up what I call these aggregated vehicles, mm. which in, in essence are vehicles like funds that pull investors with the sole purposes of meeting the high ticket prices that some of these PEPs have, therefore allowing these families that wouldn't normally have the opportunity to invest in some of these assets to do so. And for some reason, the ones that we've worked with recently have been distressed credit rating. So so that's something that I started seeing very, very recently, because as I said, usually what we saw from family offices was everything very liquid, the usual, I wouldn't say plain vanilla, but not really going that far from the asset classes that we are used to in LATAM. So private equity wasn't one of them. In addition to that, we're also seeing SPC fund platforms being used for ultra high net worth families. And this is the same thing that I mentioned earlier. The banks and administrators are, are offering to independent managers, but here on the private wealth front, they are being offered to wealthy individuals as an alternative to the BVI and Cayman companies, as we call them, PICs. Yeah. Uh, for these for these for these individuals to hold their wealth through. So this is something that we're seeing more and more offered by financial institution, family offices looking to have their own platforms and, and having succession solutions attached to these platforms. So you're seeing all of these creative things come up in which the wealth continues to grow. It seems that families are demanding that providers continue to get creative. So we continue to see some interesting things out there. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's all really interesting and that's a perfect way to end. Thank you very much indeed for your time, Pierre, and uh, enjoy the rest of your day. No, my pleasure. Thank you so much again for the invitation and I hope it's been helpful and I'm available for anyone who wants to chat.